welcome to the Unshakable Podcast. This is your host, Peter Lynch. If you like what you hear and you want to learn more, you want to implement faster and change your life, go to unshakable.coach. Now, I'll see you inside the episode. Welcome to today's show, live show. I'm going to be talking about the meaning, the uh, it's a bit of a symbolic interpretation, right, of the battle of Gandalf versus the Balrog in the depths of the mines of Moria and how that applies to life, what we can glean from the story as applicable to life, especially as men, what it means to be a man, how it means to live and how to conquer yourself and step into your potential, right, to surpass your limitations, to conquer your own inner demons and really step into your potential as a man. Uh, doing this also because I think uh, I think there's specific meaning to following on the heels of Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Today is the day after when I'm recording this. So happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Just appreciate all of you. You know, fatherhood is so meaningful and important. And uh, just thank you for being you and being, you know, being a father, being an, an example, an image, a, um, uh, a support and uh, to, to your children. All right. So appreciate you. Keep up the good work. Let's dig in uh, to, yeah, we're going to watch this video together, which has uh, some, con, you know, kind of a conglomeration of some scenes, puts it all in a bit of a, a, a nice order. I have the link to the actual video in the in the description on this, so feel free to go support that channel. And let's get started, and we'll just kind of pause pause as we go and talk about what these what these scenes mean. I'm, ex I'm really excited. Looking forward to doing this one. I love symbolic interpretation, especially of legends, stories, narratives, etc. And looking at what is the application, right? I just got off at a fantastic call with my group, uh, with my guys, and we were talking about that. We were talking about how, you know, one of the things came up with just how uh, well, many great things come up. And one of them was just how everything around us is a reflection of our own soul. So everything that we're going to see in this in this story in this in this video is going to be a reflection of what happens within our own soul and how to grow. Let's dig in. I'm gonna make this bigger for you. All right, right there. I just want to stop. The dwarves delved too greedily and too deep. You know, and it's one of those things, you know, becoming obsessed, becoming um, and greedy, selfish, pushing things beyond a healthy limit that's good for all, right? So letting go of what is good for all and becoming obsessed only with selfish, greedy gain is part of what unlock it awakens the monster in the deeps, right? It awakens the ancient terror. They awoke in the darkness. There it is. Right, so there it is. Again, they delve too greedily. They become obsessed with their own personal gain. And in that, they awoke something that was shadow and flame. And we do that within ourselves, right? The minds of Moria, what is it? The fellowship passing through this dark place. And we find ourselves very much like them, through the journey of our own life as we're trying to achieve an end, as we're trying to become greater, as we're trying to right, embark on a journey, this journey of life, and we pass through dark places. And here is interesting because they're surrounded. What up, Jonathan? 
Um, they're surrounded by goblins, which I think are, is it's interesting. And you're going to see they all flee here. But right, they're surrounded by goblins, which is really it's these smaller enemies, right? It's, and there's tons of them. And they're nagging, right? And so here's a great analogy of how when you awaken something, these darker things within us, right? These triggers, these deep-rooted beliefs, these monsters that can haunt us and torment us have the tendency to dispel everything else, right? Because everything else is less than that. Let's see what they do. And Dimly, of course, is deluded and he thinks they're running from him, right? But what is it? The smaller pests flee in the face of that darker, you know, those darker things that take hold of it. It's that which possesses, you know, that's really what the, the Balrog is a demon. The demon is one that possesses you. So when you find yourself in this place where you're overcome, even the smaller things, the goblins that might be, you know, like which might be smaller negative habits. We might look at it that way, right? Uh, lesser ways of being. The goblins in the story were at were the elves that were that were mutated, that were twisted, that were warped into an aberration. So perfect analogy, right? When we act in a way that is less than our potential, then that is less than our true calling, than our true nature, which is which is great. You know, there's this plate that we become goblin-like, right, or orc-like. And, and oftentimes we find ourselves kind of overwhelmed by little goblins, right? Maybe I got cut off on the on the freeway and I was already a little irritated. Then I'm like, you know, calling that dude a name and thinking what a what a jerk and blah, blah, blah. And all these got like these little thoughts that are going off, just negative, negative, negative. But then this overwhelming thing comes up and it just it, it has this capacity to silence and to disperse all the smaller things because the so it's like what is this one big thing in your life the big monster right because it will and that's the danger of it sometimes we actually count on it to disperse the smaller things that's a danger to be aware of how do we actually want the balrog to awaken because it makes the smaller things go away but it's actually not serving you because it is a monster that is ruling you so here it comes. The goblins are running and the fellowship standing there, not yet aware of what is happening. Thank you, Elijah Wood. There it is. This foe is beyond any of you, a demon of the ancient world. Run. Yeah, all right. Sometimes there's just you, you come against something that's so overwhelming. It's so deep. It's so dark, right? And sometimes we find this in our within our own psyche, within our own human nature, within the th even the, the shadows of this, the shadow of human, right? These, these aspects of humanity that can manifest as very dark and negative. And we come up against those things sometimes, whether that's reading in a history book or actually meeting it manifest in life or within yourself. And it really is terrifying and overwhelming. And it's sometimes the only, right, the only 
reaction, the response, what else do you do other than run? It's beyond you, right? Until you find like, like the grounding. Sometimes there's an enemy that is literally beyond you and you have to run to find like, because sometimes you just have to run to help. Sometimes you have to run to somebody who has more experience that can help you, that can support you, right? Because it's, again, it's the demon of the ancient world. It's like, it's something that's been here. It's a theme. It's a pattern. Again, the meta story, right? What is, what about cruelty, right? What about uh, subjugation, right? You know, they, they, they often, like say, what's coming to mind right now is running across something like the, you know, the, the concentration camps, like this Stalinist Russia horrific what happened there it's truly it's but it's you see a pattern there that's been throughout history and so it's something an aspect of the cruelty of human nature that we can encounter that's truly a demon of the ancient world because it wasn't a new thing to stalin though he was a horrible like it just you know really um contemptible manifestation of some of the worst aspects of human nature but you've seen it before that you saw it in you know some of the uh, the persian emperors and their domination of other of other um, peoples and you know, etc. You can you can trace it back throughout history. There's always but there's these ancient terrors that we encounter as they manifest within ourselves. And this is the process of becoming a whole person is actually to encounter this so that you can become greater than it. So you're no longer naive, right? It's also somewhat a coming of age. Interestingly, we're seeing in this story the coming of age in a way. It's a it's a next level initiation of Gandalf, as you will see, because he's the one who faces the Balrog, who's one who's already wandered the world for eight hundred lifetimes of men or something. If I have it correct, you, my Lord of the Rings nerds, I so I'm like halfway one, right? I'm not a true nerd because I don't have all this stuff memorized like some of you, and you might call me on that, but still, ancient, and yet here he is going to be challenged to his next level, as we'll see. I love this too. Is Aragorn is he's passing on the mantle because he knows what he's what he's about to do. You know, it's already in his mind. He's told them to run, but he knows that's not the real solution. It's not a solution. It's only just a stopgap, right? It's to get them out of the immediate danger. But he knows he has to face them. He knows that the bridge is that point, and so here he's passing the mantle of leadership on to Aragorn. All right, and swords are no more use here. Whoo, powerful right there, because there again, they're confronting an enemy that's not outside. It's not one that you can hack and slash your way through. The enemy is within. Swords are no more use here. Your enemy's not outside of you to go and try to dominate, right? This, the, it's time to face within that internal battle. Swords are no longer use. It's time to go within. One of my favorite scenes about to happen here. That's it. All right, I just have to pause and rewind just briefly on that because that is, honestly, that's one of my favorite scenes across all the movies is the Balrog in pursuit of the fellowship. But again, like to the, also to pause on that, you see him erupting from the deep dark. 
you see him erupting in flame from the darkness, from the depths of the mind. Close the door, please. Um, all right, so it's it's again, it's this thing from deep, dark within. The fellowship is going down through the minds. It's going through a dark place and from the midst of, right? What we encounter in ourselves, again, how does this apply to us? It's what we encounter on our own journey is those, those, those monsters that come up, erupt from our own deep, dark places, right? Whether that's a, a so we're triggered by something or some kind of, you know, I mean, you know what it is when you're facing that side of yourself that you don't want to acknowledge, or you might have a temper, or you might have a bad habit, or you might have, right, it, it or you might snap at your kids in a way that you don't think that, you know, you might want to go around normally pretending to be a nice guy, but then all of a sudden you're snapping at your kids or your wife in some kind of way. Something emerges from the depths. Okay. And again, I just got to rewind because I, I love this whole process here as, as the Balrog emerges. And there it is. He stops on the bridge to turn and face the darkness. That's, if there's one thing on this, like to really take away, it's this right here, this whole section is he says, you shall not pass. And I think, and that's why I wanted to speak to this on uh, the day after Father's Day as well, is because I think it's so meaningful to life as a man and as a father is part of our job is we face our own demons so that we don't pass them on to our children. This is how, right, is to turn and say, you shall not pass. You're not going to pass me. And he turns and faces him on this bridge, right? There's no escape. There's no getting away. He's the only one there. And he knows this thing might destroy him. He knows he's putting himself at risk for others. And I think that also, if you're struggling to find meaning in your life, if you're struggling to feel like a man, one of the things is because it's inherent to manhood is taking on responsibility. It's taking on meaning. It's putting yourself at the service of others. That means putting yourself in the way of danger. That's why the you know that's why there's much virtue in joining something like the military. It's because you're joining you're part of something greater than yourself, and you're putting yourself at risk for the sake of others. There's something in, and that's why men of all, like boys of all traditional cultures went through initiation rites was because it had to be drilled into the somewhat uh, thick and stubborn male brain at times, right? That there's, you, it's time to live for something greater than yourself. And that means putting yourself in harm's way, putting yourself in the way of danger so that it does not consume, does not destroy those who are behind you. It would have been easy enough to just keep running, you know? and just abdicate his role. But he stood, he turned to face the monster on the bridge where he knows he very easily could be consumed by this thing. There it is, you shall not pass. As it reveals its true terror.
And there, what's the what's the point? Like, what's the meaning? You might say to even just that little bit where he's chanting off, "I'm the wielder of the secret fire," right? All those things. What Gandalf is really speaking to there is he is a man under obedience. What that means is he is a man, part of a hierarchy, part of an order, part of a structure. Again, he's part of something greater than himself. He's not an imbecile who goes around and, and elects himself king, if that may, right? The king is not, the, the, it, he's not somebody who just thinks he's something just because he thinks he's, some, he's part of something greater than himself. So there's the power of being part of a hierarchy is he's actually ordained by powers greater than himself to be carrying out this role. But now he's being put into the crucible. So there, again, just a reference of being part of order, part of hierarchy, part of, um, you know, structure and being under obedience to something that is greater than yourself gives power to face the demon. Of course, it continues to threaten, and Gandalf is telling it, go back to, to the shadow, but that's not enough. It's not enough to just say, hey, go back, right? And we see that play out. He's doing whatever he can in the moment to try to prevent, right? You know, And it's one of those things. He's acting under immense pressure. He's acting under the threat of death. But, but, but in the moment, he's actually saying something that is a bit weak, which is go back to the shadow. It's not enough. The thing's not going back. And it's making that quite clear. And that's what happens sometimes when these things wake up. It's like, and that's what I'm getting at with the underlying point here is this is about us. What is it within you that wakes up like a Balrog, that monster that clears all other monsters out of the way because it's so possessing? It's right, it's obsessive, it's dark. And if you don't face it, if you don't stand on the bridge and say, you shall not pass, what happens is you pass it on to your children. You, and you inflict it like a wound upon your children, on your wife, and on anybody else who's close to you, who relies on you, who counts on you in any way. If you're not facing your own demon, you're allowing it to wound those around you, to haunt those around you. So that's the role of man. If, for men out there who are struggling, again, to find their sense of meaning, you find it when you face that which is within you. Because you face that which is within you, the darkness within you, and that makes a man out of you, although it might, right, it has the threat, it is inherently dangerous. But until you face that, you're a naive fool, and you're allowing that thing to operate through you to the detriment of others. All right, and it looks like it's down. He's breathing a sigh of relief. He even relaxes here for a moment, watching the Balrog fall into the depths, and it looks like he's accomplished the end. And everybody on the other side thinks, oh, good, we can have Gandalf, our guide. They're counting on him, right? But we know what happens.
All right, kudos to whoever put this this clip together and piece these parts together because of course we don't see this section till the two towers you fans of the movies like me i love lord of the rings uh so of course it's a dramatic scene if you don't know the story it looks like Dan gandalf has been dragged down and that's the end but i mean what again i'm speaking to the symbology here it's this thing you face it it might be sent back down into the deeps from where it came right he does accomplish that go back to the shadow from whence you came that dark pit which you erupted out of in flame earlier, but it's dragging him down with it. And that's part of our journey. You know, and it's, this is something really kind of terrifying to contemplate, but powerful is when we're willing to actually engage and drop down into the dark with the demon, that's where we find the root of the damn thing and can beat it so that it's not continuing to manifest over and over and over and over and run our life your life, right? What is that thing that comes up for you? What is the presenting problem? What is the pattern? What is the obstacle, the limitation? What is the character flaw? However it is that you conceptualize it and experience it in your life, it's the manifestation of the Balrog erupting from the depths, this part of yourself that ultimately is an immature, it's a part that has not been matured. It's a part that is longing to be healed really is the way that because within our own being, there's not, I don't believe that any aspect of our own being is wrong or negative or bad, right? A lot of times we have these traits as, as external influence has created an immature or has affected an immature aspect of ourselves that then manifests in a negative form. And that can look like the Balrog. And, and there, is neg there is actual negative influence and force that can influence and uh, press against these things, but ultimately what we're facing is ourself. So the, the Kiri is dragged down into the depths, and he has to go down to pursue his enemy into the depths and give battle to it. Of course, our inner battles don't look nearly this cool. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe we'd be, you know, a little more engaged. But sometimes it does feel like you're hacking at a monster that just doesn't even take a hit. You know, here he is doing his best and he's just going to bat him off, right? The thing's not going to give up easy. Sometimes that's an old habit, well, deeply ingrained. And here, as they tumble down this chasm deeper and deeper, what they find at the depth of it is water. Let the scene play out and pause. It's well done. Now, the symbolism of the water is fascinating because he passes through fire right on the surface. At the, at the beginning of the battle, he's facing off against shadow and flame. But then they pass down into water, and they're actually consumed. They're engulfed into the wall. Both of them enter the depths of this icy lake at the, at the depth of the root of the mountain itself. And in the book, it speaks to the Balrog actually becoming stronger in the water. And this is a theme. It's a symbolic theme that you'll see. You also see when, when Christ casts out the demon from the, from the young man in the Gospels, right? The father comes to Christ and says, hey, I asked your disciples. I can't cast this demon out of my son. Can you come do it? Right? It, it possesses him and casts him. And so the, the piece here that's in, that connects is he says it casts him into the fire and then into the water. 
what that speaks to is through our life as we as we encounter our own challenges the passions as they're referenced to which is those right it's not like the deep passion of your heart which is that good thing that you are meant that you are called towards but it's rather the it's the base passions that keep you from that right those base passions that you get you too conf too distracted by things that are not fulfilling to you right whether that's I mean, to use a stupid example, but maybe that's Twinkies and you can't just can't stop eating Twinkies because they taste. I think they're disgusting. So dumb example, ice cream. Well, there's one that's a little more applicable to me. Can't stop eating ice cream because it tastes so damn good. Cookies and cream ice cream. All right. You know, but it's not helpful to me. It's not giving me health. Right. It's not giving me strength. It's not giving me energy. Right. If anything, like if anything, it's you know, it's one of those things, sure, it gives me a little happiness in the moment because while I'm eating it, but if I overindulge, I'm going to be very unhappy. Okay. So this is a good example because this is one that can come up for me too much ice cream. Then, you know, and then I don't feel good, right? That's the fire is the actual engagement with that activity that is unhelpful that, you know, oh, I know better. I shouldn't have this. I should I should stop at two drinks. If I go to three, I'm gonna I'm gonna get drunk because I'm, three means I'm over my threshold and I'm just gonna keep going, right? Whatever it is, wherever you're at with your challenges and you know yourself and you know there's a threshold. Okay, I need to stop with one cup of ice cream because if I go to have a second, I'm gonna feel really sick, or I'm just or I'm just gonna be unhappy with myself, right? Well, that's the second piece. So it starts with the fall into the fire, which is the actual temptation, the passion in the first place, the base passion, right? Uh, sometimes that takes place, at, right? I mean, most of the time that's something, you know, of, of uh, physical, especially for guys, right? It's it's sex and food. The, the gut and the, you know, and the other, other area um, are pretty driving forces. But when we engage, indulge them in the wrong way, it usually leads to guilt and shame. And that's the water. It's drowning. And it's not even, it's not like fire, it feels more like something, it's, you know, water, it's just, it's all around you, it's drowning, you try to fight it, and you're just floundering, right? It's it's the consuming, what, and it's more dangerous. Again, the Balrog becomes stronger in the water, because there's the initial fall, he falls off, he's dragged down into chaos, and then there's the shame, the guilt that comes with it, which is the water, falling into water, so there's deep symbolism in passing through fire and shadow into water, which is he has to go through the whole gambit of the experience of what it is to be human, facing off against all layers of the monster that, that dwells in the depths to overcome it. Because until we face it, we cannot, we cannot become greater than it because otherwise it continues to live. That's one of the things, the irony of it is we can ignore it, but it doesn't go away. The only option is to face the thing. and through facing it to be transformed, which is this. You're jumping ahead a little bit to his transformation.
There it was. I felt, you know, you fell. And he says it through fire and water. It's important, the symbolism, right? Because it's not just through the fire, but also through the water, which is everything that rushes in afterwards. And it's that consuming guilt and shame that really has to be to, to be dealt with. Because if it's not, it's that which really threatens to consume because it'll drown you in the aftermath of a poor decision. Because mostly what that really is, is our own self-judgment. And we're like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, all this stuff, right? So it's being able to face the whole gambit of it. And he says from the, you know, from the lowest dungeon to the highest mountaintop. Should we want to catch that? I fought my enemy. The Balrog Morgoth, there it is. So again, Morgoth being the name of the ancient Dark Lord, the one before even Sauron, who Sauron was in the lieutenant of. So the Dark Lord, what, what is that if not the embodiment of all that is negative, right? So again, the demon, uh, the Balrog of Morgoth being some aspect of that, which is the whole comprehensive darkness and facing off against that particular personification of some aspect, which is really a reflection of what he is facing within himself. And again, there are interesting symbology with the sword being struck by lightning, which is the power from above, which is greater than him coming down to imbue him, become part of him. So the synergy, right? So he is partaking because he is there, because he is he decided to put himself in harm's way and fight against that enemy, which was greater than him. In many ways, greater than him, he is imbued with power from on high because he was willing to stand in the gap, in the breach, right? And that's oftentimes in our own lives. I'm sure you've seen this play out for yourself when you make the determination to take the courageous step. Grace comes in to support you in way, providence comes in to support you in ways that you could not conceive of on the front end or think to be possible. Certainly you wouldn't plan for until it happens and then you realize there's more to this than just you. You're not alone in the battle. Good shot. Um, but there he is, right? He struck down and he threw down his enemy on the mountainside. And that's so there. And, and then he he's given at this point, he's given everything because it is a death. And that's the thing, because really what we're facing is some dark aspect of ourselves, our identity, right? Something that we hold on to, that we cling to as a part of ourselves. It's really it's not meant to be. It's not healthy, but it feels empowering, right? Back to that place. I just want to underline again, the goblins all flee in the face of the Balrog, right? It can feel empowering to step into that dark energy, right? Into that negative place and let that come up out of you. And it can feel powerful. It can feel strong, but it's it's running you. You are abdicating your true power when you do that. So Gandalf in facing that, 
right? He's given everything to overcome this. And so it really does cost him his life, which is one of those things where if you're not, you know, if you're not willing to die, you can't grow. That means if you're not willing to die to that old self, it's the process. Again, we were speaking about this on our call again, like the process of transfiguration, transformation, metamorphosis. You see it in the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And what happens in the chrysalis? It dies down to a single freaking cell. And from that cell, one cell is all that's left of the old being that is reconstituted into the new being. And it has to struggle to get out of the cocoon, out of the chrysalis. If somebody was to cut it open for it, it would not be able to fly and it would soon die. Right. So there's always struggle as a part of life struggle for that which is greater so if you rob yourself of the struggle you will live an insipid and meaningless life so if you ever feel like your life is kind of insipid and meaningless and boring it's because you're not committing yourself to a struggle that is worthy of you right gandalf needed an enemy that was worthy of him ultimately why do we become strong so that we can face things face worthy challenges challenges that in the end may consume us but in that process we're actually reborn to become new the flight of the phoenix as it goes into the into the fire and is consumed the old bird dies and from the ashes the new is reborn and so we find ourselves and even you know uh, it, it, neurologically as the neurosynaptic connections that are the rep or the are the highway or the pathway of the old beliefs the old ways of being right this firing neurons on this neurosynaptic pathway if they die as we rewire the brain to become a new person, have new wiring, some part of you is literally dying in your brain, in your being, right? And that is the passing of the old man to become the new. Unless a man um, is, is born again, he can have no life in him. If I'm just kind of butchering that, um, trying to quote that, but you, you, it's in the gospel as well. It's the process of rebirth goes through a process of death. And that's what baptism represents is going down into the waters as you see going down into death to come up anew to wash away that which was old and let go of it what are you holding on to so my question to you at the end of this really is that what are you holding on to that is no longer serving you what is it that if you were to face it let go process it defeat it let go of it let it die what would it allow you to become, right? Gandalf could not conceive of himself as Gandalf the White before he became Gandalf the White, because he did not understand what he was going, what it would require of him. And Gandalf and Saruman had abandoned; he had abdicated his power by by right by engaging with the forces of darkness, by agreeing with them, by saying, "Hey, that's actually." You know what? I enjoy giving in. That's what happens. He, he goes and looks into the palantir. He's tempted by dark knowledge, but he doesn't even realize that by his, you know, by his um, by his hubris of thinking that he can over he can, you know, just by through strength of will without facing it within the depths, just by trying to face it cerebrally, that he could become somehow, a you know, a, um, a challenge, a threat, a uh, an equal even of Sauron, the Dark Lord. And what happened was Sauron just used him as a puppet, right? He he twisted, he influenced and twisted what he could see in the Palantir, which was the which was the orb of sight, 
which is the consciousness of mind, right? So he, Sauron, the darkness clouded what he could see, what the soul could perceive because he was engaging with that which was dark rather than facing it. So he was tempted by darkness and that temptation of darkness clouded the eye of his soul, the palantir. And so he could only see darkness and then he manifested darkness and began a, became a perpetrator, a creator of darkness by creating the Urukai, which in the storyline, right, is another... It's another um, aberration, another morphing a, a, um, of man and orc mingled together. So he engages in dark things to create, you know, uh, again. So it's just you must rise above it to be worthy of the mantle of, and the power and the, um, and the responsibility. And that is an image of what it means to be a man and especially what it means to be a father, which is an ultimate manifestation of manhood is fatherhood. Right. It's the it's the the archetype of the wise king as a wise father. Right. He is it's one who uplifts others, who wants to see them grow into their best potential, which means two things. One, he's not threatened by them. Gandalf wasn't threatened by Aragorn. He wasn't thinking, well, if I give Aragorn leadership, then they're going to forget about me or just something dumb and insipid like that. Right. He's not on. He's not afraid to pass on the mantle to Aragorn and say, you must lead them now. Because the second, because of the second piece, which is he's going to put himself in harm's way for the benefit of those who he is responsible for. So there, you know, the rest of this, he just goes on through his transformation and wakes up as, as Gandalf the White. And so we will call it a wrap there. Uh, that was a fun one. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, I'd love to hear feedback. If you agree, disagree, or just what your thoughts and, you know, what, what you gain from it, what your, you know, what your, um, yeah, just anything to share, drop it below. Let's have a conversation about this and I'll, uh, I'll be doing this again. We'll be uh, probably talk more about Lord of the Rings and also Star Wars because those are two great uh, storylines. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity to draw, you know, meaning for life out of and ultimately again that's the point of this we don't read stories for the sake of just reading a story right ultimately why do you read a story it's because you're learning how to be and so this is an excellent analogy of how to be as a man as a father and just life anybody you know it's not exclusive to men not exclusive to fathers it's a powerful story of how to be how to put others first how to grow, how to be, grow into your true potential is by facing that which is darkest within you, going down into the depths to reemerge, rebirthed as something greater than you could conceive of beforehand. So, all right. Thanks for watching this one. See you on the next one. Peace. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Please do leave me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. It takes you just a few minutes of your time, and it helps me tremendously to help this podcast grow. And if this message resonates with you, share it with somebody you know. Share it with somebody you know would help them in their journey right now. And if you want more resources or more ways to get in touch with me and see about working with me directly, go to unshakable.coach. I've got some great stuff for you there. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode.